the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome to this week's 442 Insider podcast. I'm publisher Andy Jackson and joining me as ever for now is still dad-to-be editor Trevor Trahamis. has got to be... <laughs> Two weeks after this, I didn't come into the pod because we were the going to The birth of this baby is, is roughly coinciding with Fernando Torres' goal drought. <laughs> Who's going to score I mean, first? Trev's baby will arrive and Torres will score a hat-trick and all hell will break loose. The waters will quite literally break. <laughs> anyway, Trev, yes. good to have you with us for now. Um, let's talk Champions League, AFC and UEFA. Let's kick off... Uh, Close to home at the moment. Melbourne victory on uh, Tuesday night. Managed to uh, to get their first point in this season's Asian Champions League away at uh, Tianjin Tada. Uh, they went behind, but then uh, an equalising goal from uh, Kevin Musket got them back into it and earned them a point. So yes. Tra- probably too little too late, you'd say. Yeah, probably they put themselves in a situation where they were going to have to go to tough places. And win. Something you have to say is is set pieces for Melbourne are still a problem, you know. And I would say that you should never really concede from a corner or or that many set pieces. It's going to happen every so often, um, but it's happening to Melbourne on a sort of constant basis. And it's going to the point now that you know when they concede a corner, which is inevitable, and sometimes you know you need the option to put the ball out to just concede a corner. You feel like they're going to concede, and and that's a massive problem and a real basic one to figure out in the training ground as well. So. That's how they went behind, um, and that's one of the main things they've got to sort out. But I think, you know, in, in the context of that game in isolation, it was actually a very good result for Melbourne because Tianjin were at the top of the table. They'd, they'd beaten uh, JG United away in Korea and beaten Gamba Osaka at home. So that's the first points they've dropped. So, it, mm. you know, as a 90-minute game, they, I think victory could take a lot from that. Yeah, well, I mean... It's the, just that the first two games have left them with a, with a mountain to climb to qualify. In Gary Van Egmond's column this month in the magazine, Out Now, he talks about how A-League teams can kind of beat these, these Asian sides. And it, and it is a very simple rule of making sure you win at home and trying to pick a point away. So if this was their opening game, we'd be sitting here going, well, they've, you know, that's a fantastic result and they've got a great chance. But throwing away too many points at home to stand a chance of getting through. Yeah, well, math, yeah, mathematically, uh, it's not over yet. There's still three games to play. They've got two home games on the bounce. So, mm-hmm. you know, they really need to win both of those games. Uh, the return game with Tianjin is on the 20th of April, and then a couple of weeks later, they host uh, Gamba Osaka. So uh, they're, they're the real sort of, you know, do-or-die games for Melbourne. So let's hope that they, uh, you know, the public get behind them because it's sort of yet to fire the imagination of the Melbourne fans down there, I think largely because they've been so abject in it. But, yeah. Uh, all right, last night saw uh, Sydney FC get their second uh, draw. Um, this time was at home to Shanghai. Uh, Shanghai took an early lead with a deflected goal from, uh, off Seb Ryle, but then uh, Nicky Carl scored a, scored a rare goal with his right foot. Yes. A bit of a shank on it. He just swung his leg at it. Uh, it was a great build-up, though. Good ball in for Michalik, good layoff, good dummy, um, and a good finish. And Sid- first half, you know, Sydney looked excellent. Mark mm. Bridge looked, um, you know, full of life. Looked like the player that we uh, that we once remember. He's had a bit of a, a bit of a torrid season, um, but it was good to see him back. And some of the combinations, you know, Carl was, lo- you know, looking very lively. But then they just seemed to. I don't know whether they tired, the pitch looked a bit heavy, but they just didn't, they couldn't keep the intensity up for the 90 minutes. They, they, they yeah. fell away a bit in the second half. They looked a bit one-dimensional, relying on sort of a lot of those sweeping crosses in. Um, and 
they were struggling to undo a pretty tight, you know, set of players. They had a you know fair amount of players back there, and Sydney seemed to run dry on ideas of how to get past them. I don't know whether it was the pitch. There was the talk in the in the lead up about the pitch would be an issue. It was going to cut up. It was getting a bit of a pounding from the rugby league. But some of Sydney's crossing was awful. Yeah, you know, yeah. from both it's not sides. Working, you know, it? Williams and Jameson were both. Uh, culpable um you know and Sydney worked the ball well but then couldn't get that ball into the box and towards you know the end of the second half when they were chasing the winner you know I just felt that they were having possession in in sort of non too not too dangerous areas yeah. moving the ball but you know Shanghai were quite comfortable with them having the ball because they sort of felt that they weren't going to get that penetration that they needed no. so it's a second draw at home uh, which as we were just saying you know you need to win your home games and they they haven't done that however it, it's a very tight group um so uh Suwon Blue Wings are top uh play 3 5 points Kashima Antlers Played two two points. Obviously, Sydney SC and Kashima have rearranged their, their the home leg for Sydney next week. So Sydney will be in an interesting position of having played all their home games, yeah, and then have three away games on the bounce, which which makes it tough. But you, you'd think to, for any hope, um, they need to beat Kashima next week. Yeah, I mean, if the, um, yeah, the, the, they would have set themselves a reasonable base if they win the home game. They've got you know tough trips, but they would have given themselves at least a chance with the home results. Okay. All right, we're still plenty to play for in the Asian Champions League. The next game for uh, Sydney is next Wednesday, so yep. uh, no break there. Let's talk uh, UEFA Champions League. Uh, plenty to talk about here, and and probably in, it, I can't remember the last time where you would argue that three quarterfinals have been decided in the first leg. Oh, no, no, you're, you're probably right. I mean. I'd, Chelsea fans might disagree with you slightly, but... No, that's the one out of the four that I'm saying is still alive. Oh, right, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. You look at Barcelona, five, Shakhtar, one, Real Madrid, four, Tottenham, nil, and uh, Inter Milan, two, Schalke, five. Yeah, I mean, even the Chelsea one, even though it's in in the balance, Man U have got a huge advantage there, haven't they? (laughs) You know, hosting at home with an away goal, one, nil. All right, let's let's, let's rewind to yesterday. Um, Real Madrid, Spurs, you know, Spurs were pretty buoyant going into this. You know, they've had a good run. Fans were chirping away, you know, that all came from a little bit, <laughs> a little bit in the of office. a grinding halt. I mean, you know, some of the fallout of this, it didn't start well for Spurs with apparently Ash, uh, Aaron Lennon uh, pulling out as they were walking onto the pitch. Bit right? sniffles. So he had a bit of the sniffles, I sore think. throat, I've heard, no energy, I've heard, you know, it's just like, I, you know, I don't know if I've ever heard of that, of it being that soon. I've heard of people pulling up in a warm-up, pulling a muscle or something, but... Yeah. Having completed the warm-up, going back into the... And then, you know, do we think it was sort of, I don't know, nerves, anxiety? Um, I, don't, I don't know Harry that Renner well as an individual. very sort of, of, you know, guarded about it. And, you know, it's like he just didn't feel right. He just said he had no energy and as they were walking onto the pitch. so um, I mean, he strikes me as a fairly confident individual and confident player. And you would think that the opportunity to play at Bernabeu... Arguably his only opportunity ever in his whole career. I don't know how it's going to end up, but it's a very good chance he won't get another chance. Yeah. Um, you think he'd be up for it? It's bizarre. And so, yeah, much has been made of Harry not being a sort of tactical coach and you know not having any great game plan and no dossiers on the opposition. But surely, you know, they must practice set pieces. They must practice, you know, combinations, counter attacking, and Lennon would be a major part of that. We saw in the San Siro. Yeah. Know, it was his it's break huge. from it. So. Just as you're walking onto the pitch, 
to then have to throw Janus in has got to change the balance because you don't have time to rearrange. You don't have yeah. time to say to the team, right, well, because he's such a different type of player. Mm. And, and also, you pull Lennon out, then there's no balance to the team because what it means is that you know, Real Madrid can just double-team Gareth Bale yeah. without having to worry about a threat on the other wing. I mean, Dennis was uh, innocuous, wasn't he, really? Certainly for the first goal, he yeah. was uh, marking out of by all. He's nowhere to be seen. Um, I, th- I suppose, you know, five minutes in, they were fearing the worst. Fifteen minutes in, it was over, wasn't it, as soon as Crouch? Right, I mean, a couple let, of classic strikers. I mean, let's so. talk about that. I mean, you know, this is a guy, this isn't a... 18-year-old that's, you know, wrapped up in the occasion, like, loses his head. This is a guy that's played at World Cups, yep. you know. What was he doing? Daddy wrong legs. Daddy wrong, great, <laughs> great headline from <laughs> yeah. the sun, daddy wrong legs. Um, what, t- what, was, what is he thinking? I don't know, he did a, a stupid uh, sliding challenge. He got a yellow card, which are designed to warn players that yeah. <laughs> they might get sent off. And then he'd done virtually the same challenge. And, and the place where he was challenging, even, you know, you know... He, He's sliding in to get the ball, but it's likely because of the tackle. He's got all he's going to do to deflect out exactly. for, for a throw-in. Just complete no-man's-land challenges. Yeah. And as you say, after doing it you know, the first time, what he was thinking doing it five minutes later. Yeah. Um, however, let's, you know, it was already 1-0 at that point. I had a massive row with a Spurs fan in the office, Macca, yesterday morning. <laughs> I, what was that? I was arguing that I didn't think the sending off made that much of a difference. Mm. And the point I was trying to make by that was, of course, having 10 men for 75 minutes makes a difference. But if you look at the individual goals, mm. you know, 10 men didn't make any difference to that. You know, they were from set pieces, mm. a goalkeeping error, you know, two free headers for Adebayor. Unless Peter Crouch is playing centre-half, yeah. that doesn't make any difference. You yeah. Know? I mean, he was on the pitch for the first goal, so mm. and Alibayor got a pretty much unchallenged header. The second goal, unless Crouch is playing centre half in the 60th or 70th minute, whenever it was, um, when was it? Uh, 57th minute. Unless Crouch is playing centre half, he's not going to have any impact on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I felt as soon as Crouch went off that Tottenham fans had themselves a ready-made excuse. In yeah. a game, not really. And there's no shame of going out to Real Madrid, but Tottenham were never going to get past Real Madrid in the Champions League, were they? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it makes for an interesting return leg because they have absolutely nothing to lose. I think, Tot- I think Tottenham Tot- will just go for it. Yeah. Five up front. <laughs> yeah, I think Tottenham are a good bet to, to win that over 90 minutes, the second leg. Um, and Mourinho especially is the Mourinho, sort of coach yeah. that, that won't care. Nah. He'll be happy to go there and lose 2-0. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about the other game from, from yesterday. was uh, Inter Milan 2, Schalke 4. Mad. Absolutely. Bizarre mad. result. You know, everyone was probably talking about Schalke being the easiest team and that, you know, they're, they're, they're not challenging for honours in the Bundesliga. They're sort of mid-table. But, um, but they've gone and pulled an amazing result out of the bag. And, and How it started, though. I know, 28 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was um, Stankovic, who's got a bit of a reputation for scoring screaming goals, isn't he? Yeah, he's he? done it before. If, yeah. if you haven't seen it, it's a it's a controlled sort of falling volley from halfway after the keeper's cleared it, and it just rifles into the net. It's on the website with the, with the video, so go on there and have a look. But, I mean, obviously, Schalke now in a massive box seat. But, I mean, Inter did it in the last round, lost at home and, and went and... One away and qualified. They're yeah. the second team to do it. Can I, they do it again? No, I read some sort of stat about German sides that have three goal advantages, and it just doesn't happen. It's yeah. just such a strong sort of you know mentality, I mean, especially at home. He puts it into contest, and you know, even a three nil win. 
yeah. away isn't good enough. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> so they've got to win by four goals. So mm. there you go. Uh, to this morning's game, um, I watched the, the Chelsea Man U game. Um, it was just a Premier League game, really, wasn't it? Tight. Yes, sometimes they end up feeling slightly more European when English teams meet. I mean, when Liverpool and Chelsea met in the semis a few years ago, you know, it it did feel more like a European game. Yeah, you're right, this one just felt like another Premiership game. It was muscly, it was bustle, it was quick, you know. I mean, the one moment of class was the Man United goal. I mean, a fantastic ball from Carrick. Uh, Just like a sublime first touch from Giggs. Yeah. You know, to to take the ball at that speed and the first touch put it just exactly where he needed it to be to then pull it back. Yeah. Know, that is all his sort of twenty years of experience right there in one touch. And and to be fair, uh, still Rooney still had a lot to do because Czech yeah. is a big lad and he put it right in the corner off the post. Uh, managed to um not swear this time. No, well done. Yeah. Uh and Barcelona. Barcelona. Yep. Yeah, as, as you were, <laughs> yeah, five-one, five-one. Is anything else happening? So you'd probably say, okay, let's say Man United are in the box seat. You put, so we're looking at potentially a Man United Schalke semi-final yep. and a Barcelona Real Madrid showdown. I'm, I'm pleased that Real Madrid and Barcelona aren't meeting in the final. I'd, I'd, ideally, I'd, I'd quite like to see a you know Real Madrid Man U final something like that be. Yeah. Quite tasty. But I'm just so, you know, if if it goes the way it's looking, I'm so looking forward to those two games. Just the Mourinho-Barcelona yeah. again. Can he do it to him? I mean, because just imagine what's riding on that. Yeah. Mourinho went and did it to him last year with Milan. Yep. You know, the league's Real gone. Madrid the have league's not gone. gone past the last 16 for what, five or six years. You know, they they took him there to win the, you know, to win the European Cup. Yeah. You know, and what tension that will be. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the second legs are thick and fast second legs are next week so we won't have to wait too long um, but uh, yeah it is just bizarre that three of the games appear uh, decided after Dead. the first leg normally they're such uh, cagey affairs but not in, not this time around alright that's it for part one we'll be back very soon to uh, discuss some of the news that's been making headlines on our website au.442.com the new issue of 442 is on sale now and it's an EPL legend special edition we speak to Bergkamp Klinsman, Shearer and Giggs plus a rare and fascinating interview with Aussie legend Mark Viduka we count down the top 10 Aussies to have graced the EPL and hand out awards for the A-League season 10 years on relive Australia's world record 31-0 victory against American Samoa and look back at the stellar career of one of the game's greatest ever strikers Ronaldo in the iPad edition there's 30 minutes of video plus additional photo galleries on Viduka Klinsman, Shearer and Giggs on sale now at all good news agents or on the iPad via the app store the latest on the world game this is 442 insider hello welcome back to this week's 442 insider podcast we're going to take a look at some of the news headlines of the week from our website au.442.com now travels the off season for the a-league yep uh major news is really just player movements um jade north He's yep. looking to sign a contract with the Japanese second-tier club FC Tokyo. Interesting decision of you to print these out on A3 pieces of paper. That's yeah, I've got this false <laughs> The Jay North story's on about I, a line. I keep remembering to... Um, <laughs> I keep trying to remember to reset my default and forget. And it's every time I print something off our website, it comes out on A3. So it looks like we're, uh, we're kids here. I have to put it in big writing. 
Um, Jade North. Yeah, yeah, I mean... He needs to sell somewhere, doesn't he? Yeah, he seems to have been a bit of a nomad recently. You know, Korea and didn't settle, went to Wellington. Yeah. You know, sort of here, there and everywhere. He just needs to get some games under his belt. But, I, I, you know, I'd question, would it, is the A-League not a better option than Division 2 in Japan? Well, yeah. I mean, it depends how long he's planning to stay out there and if you know, he'll come p- back to yet another A-League club. Particularly when we've now got a coach of the Socceroos that... that is actively watching the A-League and yeah. has shown that he is willing to, to trust A-League players with a national shirt. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. I, you know at J-League, absolutely. But I'm not sure that J2 is... Uh, I think FC Tokyo are, are still a decent side, aren't they? They only got relegated last season. So, you know, it's still a good chance to be surrounded by some decent players. Yeah. Uh, Mustafa Amini, obviously, has been in the news recently uh, for heading over to Germany and trialling with uh, Bundesliga Paris, Borussia Dortmund. Uh, very big, you know, headlines there that he, he very much impressed them. He's only turning 18 this month. Um, and it looks like he might have a decision to make um, because they are apparently Dortmund are rumouring to, to get an offer ready for him. Mm. Um, he's got to go, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, completely. You know, we're talking about should you end up going to lower league Asian sides? Well, you know, maybe. Should you go to uh, Borussia Dortmund? Well, definitely, especially if you want to sort of, you know, develop your technique and get some really good competitive games under your belt. I mean, their, their youth system's great. Um Germany's producing an unbelievable flow of good young players at the moment. You know? He'll have a ready-made flatmate in Mitch Langer. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, he has to go and it'd be a massive deal for him. I mean, it, it would be great to see him in you know, the A-League for another season, but it's one of those things you can't deny him when you've got something like that lined up. Uh, Laurie McKinnon has you know, headed over to, uh, to China to take charge of uh, Chengdu Blades. Uh, he got a draw. At the weekend, and now they're, they're looking to extend his stay. So he's looking at staying until the end of the season, which I think runs until November. Good. Big Laurie fan. I hope he does well. Yeah, absolutely. He's still going to remain as a, as a Mariners ambassador in Asia. Uh, and he, he moved quickly in, in taking the, uh, Adam Kwasnick over there, who was actually uh, on the score sheet. So he, uh, Brendan Santalab double, and Adam Kwasnick scored one. So all three goals... Um, from Chengdu Blades at home to the champions, Shandong Luang, Luneng was uh, was scored by Aussies with mm. an Aussie in charge. There you go. So good on you, Laurie. Hope you uh, hope you're successful over there. Miron uh, Blyberg has moved to sign uh, Sydney Olympic striker Alex Smith uh, to a one-year deal at Gold Coast. Uh, he scored four goals in the first two New South Wales Premier League. American-born, 25-year-old. Yep. Been here for three years, uh, you know, has forged his way, found a place in the New South Wales Premier League. Um, so he's gone from Super League up to the New South Wales Premier League. So, uh, it kind of, you know, um, Gold Coast has spoken a lot recently about how they're going to rely on their very successful youth team, and that's why some of the big signings are going. So while all of us are speculating that surely Gold Coast are going to go along and sign some really big names for the start of next season, it looks more and more likely that they're going to, you know, try and nurture a whole set of young players because that's what they think the league's there for, um, and he just seems to be another part of it, really. Well, he's uh, he played uh, professionally at Dallas in the MLS, so he's uh, he's got some pedigree there. Um, he just impressed on a week's trial. Now, one of the things that apparently he's known for is his is his hang time. He used to play basketball, <laughs> and apparently he's got the excellent nickname Alex Jordan. Right, of how he hangs in the air. Right, okay. So we need to see if he wears number twenty-three. Yeah. Uh, the Melbourne victory job 
the vacant Melbourne victory job is causing much speculation. Uh, Bosco Jarovsky has denied rumours that he's been approached. He is uh, assistant coach at Nagoya Grampus um, via a, a connected source um, in Indonesia. Ado's managed to sniff this out. Um, that he's, uh, he's ruled himself out. Um, however, one person that Twitter was a buzz yesterday, Roy Keane. He's on holiday. Uh, do you reckon? He was in Melbourne. Then he was at the Sydney game last night. Yep. So he's holidayed in the two main cities. <laughs> if you're on holiday, if you're Roy Keane and you're on holiday, yeah. do you really go and watch Sydney FC in the Asian Champions League? But it's not a- Asian Champions League. That sounds brilliant. That sounds like that could be really good. You probably just didn't know. Well, he was, the, he was there last night. For the, I mean, I hope he does. It'd be great. Apparently a few people work. approached him. He just got up and moved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's re- he's renowned for being. So a what do we think? Guy. All right, let's let's him and Musket out. together. That'd be nice. Ex Sunderland, recently Ipswich fired. Ipswich bottom of the table fired. You know, I think. What do we think of it, of him as a potential Melbourne victory coach? Let's say he's interested. Let's say that they're interested. I think if you if you attempt to say anything too good, people will start going on about Terry Butcher. But aside from Terry Butcher, because this is Roy Keane we're talking about, um, I've, you know the Sunderland fans I've. I've spoken to him about, rated him very, very highly, the job that he'd done there. Um, and, I, and I think at, at Ipswich, it, it was very indifferent. The problem that he's often had is that um, he's just clashed with chairman and, and owners quite a lot. How, well, how that would be in Australia might be a little bit different because he, he might have given them... tied. Well, you've got a salary cap. Yeah, exactly. You've got transfers. Yeah. You've got a fixed squad. Because he's a big name, he might get a freer reign than perhaps he would over in England. So, yeah, I can see it. Appealing to him. Well, he's um, also, I, th- I think, a link here that, that not only people, I remember the story, which I think Aidan was when Roy Keane and Ricky Herbert were doing their FIFA Pro licenses, uh, they became quite good friends. And Ricky Herbert arranged for Roy Keane to come down to New Zealand and they went and watched the All Blacks. Because mm. uh, I think as part of the FIFA Pro, you look at other sports and what right. football can learn, and, and they went and did that. So it's, it's very plausible that he might, you know, Ricky Herbert might be there saying, hey, mate, you know, it's, it's not a bad league, come on down. Um, yeah. But certainly, you know, we, we've bemoaned the lack of star factor. Yeah. You know, genuine sort of PR factor for, you know, of course, Marcos Flores, Thomas Broich, fantastic on the pitch, but they're not going to, you know, enthuse your non-hardcore football fan. Roy Keane is a name that will get people interested. Will yeah. get as Dwight York did. Um, you know, so I guess the, the, certainly in the in the first period, it would be a massive PR boost for the A League. Then it will come down to whether he delivers on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, it, he is one of the greatest players to play for the biggest sides in the world. You know, there's no doubt, and he, he's a big name and exactly the sort of guy that you know we should be targeting. Some Even if in press conferences as well. Yeah, I would. Oh, Just I, make sure your phone's off. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, I'd already played out in my mind a little bit. I wonder what it'd be like interviewing Roy Keane. What he'd be like, you know, if we did him for the mag. I mean, he hasn't got an amazing reputation for dealing with media <laughs> but yeah I think, I think though, to be fair I think he'd find the Australian media a little bit more uh, yeah friendly than the uh, than the red tops yeah. in England well, it's just Ado there and he's flip flops isn't it yeah. it's, just, it's, not, it's nowhere near as tenacious Lynchy, Mike yeah. Cockrell Ado <laughs> uh, alright quick a quick uh, quick go around the traps I mean if you haven't checked out on our website the Aussies Abroad rap it is possibly the most comprehensive you will find anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I won't go through the whole thing here, but you know, yeah. if an Australian professional footballer farts, 
it's in this story. <laughs> Did you know Daniel Leach was playing for Barnet? I didn't. Until um, I read this. Uh, interestingly, someone that we haven't heard a lot about recently was, was uh, Mark Bresciano, who actually returned to the Lazio side after injury and played 83 minutes in that ding-dong battle uh, with Napoli, 4-3 loss. Yeah. Uh, Carl Valeri, um, Sassuolo got a win. Mitch Langerak still on the bench for Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Rukovic has started to play almost an hour in Hertha Berlin's win. Uh, Brett Holman played a full game as, uh, as Altmar closed in on European qualification. Tommy Orr, unused substitute. Adam Sorota and Michael Zullo were on the bench. Paul actually went and spent the, uh, the day with them. On yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm yet to speak to him. But, so we've um, actually got coming up in future issues. We, Paul, Paul Hansford, ex-editor, now freelance hotshot, um, spent the day with uh, the three Dutch boys or the Dutch base boys over in uh, in Utrecht. And he'd spent the previous day with Rukovitsa. With Rukovitsa. So he'd, so he'd done a little a, bit of a Socceroos tour. Up. So yeah, so if you haven't uh, if you haven't checked out, one, one point of note was, would be uh, Reese Williams, who's continuing his recovery. We and had high hopes for him. Got on the score sheet. The Middlesbrough's three-three home draw. So you know, so he's a player that uh, was was so in the reckoning, and then obviously had to pull out and had a horrific run with this injury, pelvis injury. And what a boost that would be, you know, yeah. If we could get him back and uh, and back to full fitness, he'd he'd be a better option than um, Yedniak in the midfield, in my opinion. Really? Yeah, because well, I, I mean, also centre half because you know we we're time. also looking longer term, medium to long term. You know, what, what, Sass Ogdenowski and Lucas Neal are not getting any younger. Yep. All right, that's it for part two. We will be back in part three to uh, review. Another big weekend in the English Premier League and just a quick look at some of the, the other top leagues in Europe as we uh, near the climax of the European season. So join us after the break. Visit Football Emporium on www.footballemporium.biz to see the largest selection of football merchandise and memorabilia in Australia. A real football shopping experience. Or why not pop in and visit them directly at 139 Victoria Road, Dremoyne. Or simply call them on 1300-4-Goals to find out what's new in the football world. To 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. We're going to turn our attention to Europe now for part three. Uh, let's have a quick review of the weekend's action in the Premier League. Trev. Yes. Let's start with your boys. Yes. Who's looking so good at half time? Well, yeah, it kind of was. Um... Tune it up against the run of play. I could not be more against the run of play. It's something I like to occasionally do on, on matches is, is bet on corners, how many corners there'll be in the game. And the, so Premier, <laughs> the Premier League average is, is 12 a game for both teams, 12 a game. I normally bet on 13 or above, so I can cheer a corner. Near the end, it's exciting, will there be a corner? Um, Manchester United had 11 corners themselves in the first 37 minutes. No. Uh, they were absolutely... corner every three minutes. <laughs> yes, they were absolutely pummeling us. We just happened to hoof up a couple of long balls to our big burly strikers, snatch a couple of penalties and beat tuna up. But I've got to be honest, even going at half-time, and I looked at their bench and I just thought, well, there's Berbatov and Nani and Owen and Hernandez that can all come on. And, you know, a big raft of them came on. And as soon as Rooney scored the free kick on just after the hour there was a feeling that they were going to steamroll us. So I'm not actually that disappointed because it was a game that I had down for us to lose anyway. Um, but yeah, just 2-0 against Man U means very little. As Villa found out as well uh, in the season. Yeah, though. I mean, look, 
Let, let's talk Rooney just for a moment. Obviously, there's a, the, the big story coming out, which overshadowed his, his fantastic hat trick and Man United's win somewhat was his response or reaction or well it wasn't really a reaction it was proactive he's swearing down the camera mm. and just an angry boy it was ironic because I was swearing at the same time yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe he heard you maybe it was to you I mean let's say I've listened to varying opinions on this yeah and it, you know, it seems to polarise one way or the other some people are saying well if you insist on having high definition cameras and shoving cameras in people's faces then you've got to expect that you'll get sometimes you know vision and audio that you don't want mm. but I don't th- you know this wasn't him like sort of revving up the fans or running to the fans he went towards the camera and shouted down the camera he knew what he was doing yeah. this wasn't a camera catching you know just a, a celebration being, uh, amongst players and also you know it's this thing that's, oh, people were saying well, he's not a role model you know it's like okay if, if Wayne Rooney only takes a salary from Man United, that weight, that holds weight, that argument holds weight, because all he's doing is being paid to be a footballer. Hmm. Yeah? But he takes money from Coca-Cola, he takes money from Nike. Not anymore. Not anymore, they've now <laughs> dropped him. Yeah. But when you take money from that, that corporate dollar, then you are accepting an additional level of responsibility because they are paying you to influence children yeah. to buy their products you know or adults to buy their products yeah. so i just think you can't have it both ways you know if you don't want to be a role model don't take their money and yeah you know, you're still going to be a very 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 wealthy boy yeah know? yeah exactly um you could see you know the amount of pressure that's been building on him you know after the world cup and after all the private stuff and i'm not justifying it it just felt to me like he was venting some of that because he put in his best performance since then so i mean it, it doesn't particularly offend me but yeah he shouldn't have done it yeah, know, I, just, yeah I just think he's, he's just scored a hat trick probably won his team the league mm. why is he so angry yeah this this way yeah come on just enjoy yeah the like, come if, come if in I'd, here on deadline if day if i'd just done that <laughs> i'd be doing a lap of the pitch with the biggest smile on my face i'd yeah. be running to the united fans yeah just man yeah, I actually, rise above it, mate. I um, actually found that, you know, not so much the swearing, the more when he kind of did that, you know, I don't know if he was saying, what are you looking at? He was, or like, you... he was almost offering the camera out. Yeah. It was, like, it yeah, was that, just bizarre. That was it was the... like, you know, there is definitely some, you know, and, and I don't think, you know, we've seen it this season, even in the game against uh, Wales, mm. him getting that booking, it, it was so obvious. He still has not got the ability to stop that red mist descending. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it's, it's such a shame because, uh, you know, for all his faults, deep down there was a fantastic footballer there. All right, obviously that put the pressure on uh, Arsenal and Chelsea. Um, Didn't they to rise keep to up it? the uh, <laughs> to keep up the challenge? And neither of them were up to the task. Arsenal story of Arsenal's last four or five seasons, really unable to put away teams that go to the Emirates uh, or, or set up against Arsenal, just happy to defend. Did this know. last season, had an easy run in last season and they just choked stupid results, silly draws against teams they should be swatting aside. And, you know, the reason that Man U are going to win the title this season, the reason why they constantly win it is because they... They go away to a relegation scrapping team like West Ham. They go 2 0 down and they find a way of winning the game. Yeah. You know, they find a way of breaking down a defence that thinks they can hold on. And you know, the rest that of them with can't. Arsenal in second, knowing what they need to do, going in 0 0 against Blackburn, yeah. and compare the reaction in the second half. They were you know, flat. And there was no sorted of chances. They created enough chances. Yeah. But 
But it's almost like with Wenger, I think it's reached this point, and I was thinking about this last night, I was listening to another podcast, and I, said, I almost think Wenger's reached the point where he believes, and he is, you know, he thinks about football on a different level mm. to most other people, and you look at what he's done, and you can't argue with that. But I think he's almost that elitist that he thinks if everyone else is pointing out that they need an out-and-out striker and a goalkeeper, they mm. can't be right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If everyone else can see it, then that can't be the way to go because I'm this thinker about football. Yeah. And you just think, had they bought Schwarzer and had they bought, you know, someone like, let's say Hernandez, Javier Hernandez, let's yeah. say, you know, £8 million, pounds, £5 million for Schwarzer, Thirteen million pounds would probably have won Arsenal the league this year, I yeah. think. Yeah. You know, and he just appears not even with their dodgy centre halves. You know, to put a good keeper behind them. Uh, Chelsea one all draw with Stoke, having gone behind. Uh, obviously Torres still goalless. We talked about that this morning as well. Shocking. Although to be fair, he did everything but score this morning with that header. If yeah. any keeper less than seven foot four, and it's in. But um. But again, down the bottom, it's still as tight as ever. Um, we've now got three points separating 14th to 20th. Yep. Scary. Yes. Seven teams separated by just one win. West Ham, Villa in a couple of weeks, I believe. Or a yeah. week and a half. Yeah, I mean, Villa, again, yeah, on the face of it, that's not a bad result, 2-2 two, mm-hmm. two away at Everton. But when you actually look at Everton's bench, Everton, Everton's bench... Not one player had got a Premier League appearance on it. They were that <laughs> bare bones. Uh, and yet again, I mean, I, I tweeted this. I think Opta came up with this stat. The Villa have, have now um, dropped away, points yeah. from, from winning positions in 10 games. That has co- That's the third of their games. It's cost them 23 points. Yeah. And they've conceded 12 goals in the last 15 minutes that has cost them points. 23 points puts us on 55, which is equal with Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. You want to look where the season's gone wrong? Have a look there. Uh, the other story was Roy Hodgson got his revenge. Revenge. And retribution <laughs> over <laughs> Liverpool. 2-1 win. win. Two penalties. I thought they were both penalties. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. There was a lot of like, oh, were they penalties? I, I thought they were both penalties. Um, and good on him, I say. Yeah. I'm glad for Roy. Glad he got that chance. It was one of those things that just the timing wasn't right and the Liverpool players didn't buy into his approach and it just didn't work out for him. He's, he's still a great manager. Yeah. Or a, a good manager, because I've criticised him in the past. He's still a good manager. Yeah. But you'd have to say, looking at Tottenham's result as well, 0-0 against Wigan, yeah. um, you know, they're five points adrift from Chelsea. You've got to say now, I mean, Man United played 31-66 points. Arsenal still with a game in hand and still have to play United. But now seven points clear. So it's now not in their hands. If they no. win every game, they can't win the league. So you'd probably say, yeah, another win for Man United. It's all over. Yeah. Uh, Sunday games, just to sum up how bad a run I'm on with the punting at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I'd a, I had a speculative two-away game multi. Blackpool and Sunderland to win. <laughs> Close. You got your money's anyway, worth. <laughs> both lost. 8-0. good <laughs> <laughs> score. Fulham 3, Blackpool 0, Man City 5, Sunderland 0. And Man City finally sort of showing that they can play expansive football. Yep. Uh, five goals. And they're, um, they're looking very good for a top three th- finish, Man City, which is what they talked about you know, doing well, in the And beginning. you'd have to say at the moment, you know, if they can continue playing in this way and Arsenal continue to start, they've got every chance of finishing second. Yeah. 
Um, but you'd probably say they're, they're almost secure in a Champions League spot now, barring a disaster. Yes. All right, quick look uh, further afield. Uh, La Liga, um, Barcelona, again, it, it seemed to be a pivotal weekend in all three of the main leagues in Europe with, yeah. um, with Barcelona winning away at Villarreal. And uh, the record went, Trev. Oh, an incredible Mourinho. nine years without a home defeat. Um, I mean, that is one of the most insane records I've heard of in football. You know, I'm sorry it came to an end, but I think even if it came to an end after a year and a half or two years, you'd still say that's a reasonable record. But nine years um, is pretty insane and probably a game that you didn't expect it to happen. I mean, it's the same when, when Barcelona lost to Hercules yeah. earlier in the season. Um, Real Madrid wouldn't have seen this coming perhaps one eye on Tottenham in the middle of the week as well Real Madrid went down 1-0 to Sporting Gijon oh, with a Miguel goal on 79 minutes which uh, leaves La Liga looking like this with uh, Barcelona top played 30 points uh, sorry played 30 games 81 points Real Madrid played 30 73 points and then there's a massive the 16 gap. point gap compare to, that to the Premier League to Valencia you know? uh, in third so uh, it looks like it's Barcelona's again, which, which again heaps the pressure on Mourinho. To, uh, there's a Copa del Rey coming up, and then obviously the, the likely meeting in the semi final. Uh, in Serie A, it was a massive weekend in Serie A with uh, Milan, AC Milan winning the, the uh, Milan Derby 3 0, uh, which uh, put them three points clear um, of Napoli, who won an absolute humdinger. 4-3 to Lazio with uh, Cavani scoring a, a cracking hat-trick, the, the pick of which was the third goal. It's a, a great touch and a lob over the keeper, um, which moved Napoli up into second. So it looks like it's, uh, with, with seven games to go, Milan played 31, 65 points. Napoli played 31, 62 points. Inter played 31, 60 points. Then a four-point gap to Udinese. So you'd probably say it's between those three. Um, so Trev, uh, massive win. Pato opened the scoring within a minute. And yeah. You'd expect them to close out from their AC Milan. Leonardo yeah. has actually got a horrific record in Milan derbies now as coach of both sides. Yes, yeah. I don't think he's. I think it's. I think he's not won in nine Milan derbies, and I'm not even sure any of his teams have scored a goal. <laughs> Typical, he had to take on Mourinho's Milan before, and yeah. now he's switched over and tried to pick up the pieces for Mourinho. All right, well, that's our, uh, that's our trip around Europe. We are going to stay in Europe in the final part where we're going to preview this weekend's action in the English Premier League, so stay with us for part four. The new issue of 442 is on sale now, and it's an EPL Legends Special Edition. We speak to Bergkamp, Klinsman, Shearer and Giggs, plus a rare and fascinating interview with Aussie legend Mark Viduka. We count down the top 10 Aussies to have graced the EPL and hand out awards for the A-League season. Ten years on, relive Australia's world record 31-0 victory against American Samoa and look back at the stellar career of one of the game's greatest ever strikers, Ronaldo. In the iPad edition, there's 30 minutes of video plus additional photo galleries on Viduka, Klinsman, Shearer and Giggs. On sale now at all good news agents or on the iPad via the app store the latest on the world game this is 442 insider hello welcome back to the final part of this weekend's 442 insider podcast we are going to look ahead at another big weekend in the english premier league at both ends of the table uh saturday night trev sees uh, wolves host everton blackburn birmingham bolton west ham 
Chelsea, Wigan, Man United, Fulham, Sunderland, West Brom, and Tottenham, Stoke. Hmm. Yes. What do you think? Let's let's go through Wolves, Wolves, Everton. Yeah, Wolves um, after their heavy defeat to Newcastle last week are in um, desperate need of picking up something there against an Everton team. You're never really sure which one's going to turn up, but you're saying they're a bit short of players. So I would expect Wolves, considering how desperate they are for points, to get something there and kind of give themselves a chance of clawing out the relegation zone. Yeah, Blackburn, Birmingham, massive game, both on uh, both on 34 points. Yeah, uh, you'd probably say you know a win for either of these is, is probably halfway towards securing yeah. Premier League status. You'd probably say 40 points is is probably going to be about where you need to be. It um, might even be 40 points and a decent goal difference. That's yeah. how tight it might end up being. Yeah, how do you see this one going? Um, I think it'd be a draw. I think they're they're pretty clo- evenly matched. Those two, Birmingham, still not you know kicked on as they would have hoped after the League Cup and Blackburn who I think deserve to be punished for getting rid of Big Sam have <laughs> really not kicked on yeah, have they it's not really worked out has no. it uh, Bolton West Ham your boys tough place to go Bolton under Owen Coyle have, uh, have been yeah. very good this season and uh, you know sitting you'd probably say comfortably in eighth they've already got the 40 points they've got seven games to go mm. I mean there, there are a few guarantees in life in the day night death and the fact that Bolton will beat West Ham every single time um, I think they beat us three times last season because we met them in the cup they just play a style that West Ham just can't, you know, handle. And Kevin Davis always absolutely tears us apart. He doesn't have a great goal scoring record the rest of the time. It's an amazing one against West Ham. So, yeah, really comfortable bottom win. Well, <laughs> <laughs> lovely to see the confidence in your boys there, Chad. Uh All right, next two games. Now, this is obviously these two games for Chelsea and Man United are sandwiched in the middle of a massive Champions League head-to-head. Yeah. So. Do we see both of these sides stepping off the gas a little bit? You'd probably say Chelsea will look at this and go, we're 11 points behind. We're not going to win the Premier League. We're in little danger. You know, We're not really in danger of not getting in the top four. Yeah. Do we preserve ourselves for the for, to go? Because they've got to go and win at Old Trafford. Yeah, well, they've certainly got the players to do that. Um, you know, Wigan are scrapping for their lives at the bottom of the table. Um, but yeah, they've, they've got the players to rotate. Yeah, it's eight nil, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I think they can. I don't think they'll rest the entire team. I mean, you've got people like Lampard and Terry. Well, Lewis, seem to be Lewis able to play comes every back day. in because he's cut yep. tied. He can't play, so he immediately comes in. Do they do they rest someone? Like, do they rest Terry? Do they? Well, Terry and Lampard never seem to need a rest. No, but they've got some other guys that that probably do, and they and they they will, I think. Uh, Man United similarly, you know, they've got a, they've got a one 0 lead to preserve. Uh, you'd probably say that they're they're close to to tying this up, you know. And also, he's really suspended. Then is he too much banned? I don't. It's, it's not. Is it, I don't think it's been actually. He's been charged, but I don't think I don't know whether it will be heard in time for this week. Because right. I think he has the right to appeal. Cause I think right. Yeah. You know, and if he appeals and it's and it, it's deemed uh, sort of you know. Like sort of nuisance appeal, as in you knew you were guilty, then he gets an extra game. So right, okay. I mean, it's almost one that would be worth serving, isn't it? I yeah. mean, they've got the players. So it looks at the bench well, against yeah, West Ham. Fer- Fergie seems to be the master, and, and certainly this season of rotating his squad mm. just at the right time. And you know, he's got Berbatov that can come in. Um, interesting again today. You know, G Sun Park. Yeah. You know, has, has had a few injuries, but 
I, I, Ferguson always picks him for the fan. big games. He's a massive and fan. And I think of it's because he just knows that he's one of those players that will never let you down. He always does the simple things right. He's got a lot of energy, but he isn't also he? Listen, you know, I think he's one of those players that you could tell to play left back and tell him what you wanted him to do, and he'd do it. Yeah. And I think Ferguson loves that about him, that he's just so disciplined. Yeah. Um, Sell know, a few but, shirts in Asia as well. Yeah, but, you know, there are people like Skulls on the bench this morning, you know, and people like that can come in. So you, I, I think Ferguson will rotate the squad quite yeah. significantly. I think he'll rest Ferdinand. I mean, Ferdinand's hardly played. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think he'll want Ferdinand and Vidic for Chelsea next Wednesday. So I, I would imagine Ferdinand might get a breather and... You know, Johnny Evans or O'Shea would come in. If I, actually, O'Shea might still be struggling with mm. that hamstring. But this is still quite a pivotal game for Manu because it's the easy win that they've got, which should be an easy win, running into a very difficult run of games. Because I think they've got Arsenal, Chelsea, or well, Chelsea twice in the Champions League. And then, so if they can win that, they'll be in a pretty well protected situation when they've got those two tough games. But I think I think Fergie knows he can win the league without. They're gonna. I think they could put a second string, not a second still string, win, yeah. but a rotated side out and still win, yeah, even if they win one nil. I think Fergie wants Fergie wants another European Cup. But also, let's not let's not forget the significance of this Premier League, this title for Man United, because it takes them above Liverpool. Yeah, as the nineteenth uh, top d- flight, top flight championship win. Yeah, they're both on eighteen, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, okay. Other games on Saturday: Sunderland, West Brom. Uh, Sunderland, uh, you know, really sort of reached a halt. Um, they were going so well earlier in the league. Did that last season? season. Yeah, they? Exactly did it last the season. Um, West Brom fighting for their lives. Uh, you know, again, they're on 36 points, so they're, they're they're not far off securing their status. And again, you know, for Roy, yeah, I think done it again. And he did it with Fulham, didn't he? When he went to Fulham, they were on the verge of being relegated, and he mm. kept them up on the last day. I think it was. Well, I remember having a discussion about um, Roy Hodgson about when it looked like Grant was going, and I said I've, I've got no problem with Hodgson coming in. There was a lot of West Ham fans or fans I've seen going, "Well, he doesn't play a West Ham style because he's you know more defensive." I, I just want to stay up. Yeah, <laughs> I just I would have happily have taken him and had a better chance. I'd to say that up. at the moment. Yeah. Um, uh, Tottenham Stoke. I think Tottenham are going to win a game. Where the Spurs go from? From Wednesday night, I mean, it must be such a, you know, I mean, how does Harry Redknapp breathe some life back into that squad to get up to play against Stoke? One of, probably one of the worst teams you could have coming off that. They're going to go there, you know, again, Stoke are probably one win away from securing their Premier League status, which is always going to be a club like Stoke is going to be their, their primary objective each season. Yeah. Um, I think Tottenham will pick up their first win in a while there. I think that. Does Harry rest people? Does he rest with, you know, his only chance of getting in is to just have three or four attacking players on the pitch and go for it on Wednesday night. Does he rest Bale and the likes and sort of say, look? Well, then, I mean, I, I don't know. Or, that, or does he look at it and go, we're now out of the Champions League. We've got eight games to get into the Champions League again next year. Well, yeah, I mean, they're five points behind Chelsea, remembering that Chelsea have got to go away to Man U. Yeah. Um, I think you could make the point that this Stoke game is bigger than the Real Madrid game. Because I think the hundred yeah. game's gone. You could make it, and you just did. I did, yeah. Uh, Sunday sees Blackpool Arsenal. Yep. Can Arsenal do it on a cold Sunday in Blackpool? Can he do it? Uh, and Villa play Ice and Newcastle. Massive game, this. Villa, uh, you know, Newcastle, they're probably not far off safety. Villa, very much not so. Uh, just two points above the relegation zone. Uh, three points off the bottom. Mm. God, 
it's gone wrong. Well, we know what's gone wrong. Uh, this is a huge game. Villa have to win this. And what will be very, very interesting will be the fan reaction if Villa lose this game. Because when we lost at home to Wolves, the the vitriol that Julier felt from the crowd, he said himself in the press conference he'd never experienced anything like it. It will be worse if we lose to Newcastle and we end up in the relegation zone come, uh, come Sunday, which is highly possible with us playing after everybody else. Yeah. So, you know, I guess the question might be, you know, has Julio got the heart for the fight to stay in it, you know? I think you'll beat Newcastle. I, I think hope that's so. the win you'll get. And the the game on Monday night is, uh, well, Tuesday morning our time, Liverpool-Man City. Uh, again, Man City, you know, trying to secure that second spot. You'd probably say a win for them would all bar, you know, you'd argue would probably get a massive step towards securing Champions League football. Liverpool still an outside shot for the for fifth spot. Yeah, they probably that West Brom game they lost last weekend. Um, think how different that would have been if you know if they'd yeah, won that and then that. like right behind Tottenham, um, which would have been great for being right behind Tottenham and helping out West Ham and Villa. Um, yeah, Liverpool City should be a good game. City will be going there thinking a the points enough. Might be a tight one. All right. Well. Still very, all very tight in the Premier League and uh, it'll make some fascinating viewing on Fox Sports over the weekend, so uh, make sure you, you get involved. Um, one more thing that we just need to mention before we go, uh, the Johnny Warren Foundation Dinner, uh, the annual gala dinner is on again this year on the 25th of May, so mark that date in your diary, always a great uh, event on the football calendar. This year it's going to be held at Dalton House uh, in Piermont, right next to Star City, handy for afterwards. Uh, <laughs> Confirmed guests so far include Holger Osik, Tom Samani and Marcus Flores, the current Johnny Warren medalist. Uh, and we, we met with the guys there this morning and there is definitely uh, more people to come. They're securing other guests. Um, but tickets go on sale on Monday. You can either buy single tickets or, uh, or tables. It's always a fantastic event. Great opportunity for, uh, for fans to mingle. Um, and we will be having an exclusive competition. Oof which you get the first heads up on the podcast and we will have this up, where two of our readers are going to get the chance to sit on Holger Osek's table for the dinner. So you don't give get him better a pi- than that. Yeah. You don't get any closer yeah. than that. Feel free to give him a piece of the mind about the Asian Cup final, where he went wrong. <laughs> Bring along a tactics chart. Oh, and the new issue as well. Oh, yeah, new issue on sale. EPL legends, Viduka, Klinsman, Shearer, Giggs, Bergkamp. Bergkamp. Uh, uh, plus... W- Plenty more. Yeah. 31 nil win 31 for Australia. A League awards, top 10 EPL. Ronaldo review of his career. Iniesta interview about his World Cup goal. Planet football on sale now on the iPad. You can see us going through our paces at Sutherland Shire FA. Uh, we've put a little uh, training plan together where we try out all the new gear. There's about 30 minutes worth of video uh, with some ideas for some drills for your uh, for your local team or your uh, or any kids that you coach. So uh, if you've got an iPad, get along to the App Store and uh, download it. It's available now, five ninety nine. Trev, thank yep. you very much, mate. Another week goes by without you being a father. Yeah, maybe. Well, I don't know if I'll be in next week. It is due Saturday. It. I mean, it. the baby. <laughs> God. <laughs> the baby is due Saturday. So maybe uh, I'll be in next week, maybe not. Well, Trev may be celebrating a win of a different kind this weekend. But uh, we will join you next week, with or without Trev, to uh, bring you the latest in the world of football. Thanks for joining us. Speak to you next week. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.